Mac Power Users, episode 457, MPU Geek Gift Guide 2018. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks, along with my pal, Katie Floyd. How you doing, Katie? I'm great, David. This is always one of my favorite shows of the year. Um, I think, I don't know what that says about me, though, is it? Yeah, well, it's fun buying stuff, and it's even fun buying stuff for other people, too. So, uh, But there may be a geek in your life. Maybe it's uh, someone that you want to buy something nice for. Or maybe people are asking you what's on your list for Santa this year. And Katie and I thought that we would share some of our favorite purchases from this year and uh, the things that raised our eyebrows. So maybe it'll give you a few ideas. Or stuff that's on your wish list, because... I don't know. Do you ever accidentally buy for yourself on Black Friday? I do that sometimes. Not not too much, but I do buy my for myself most other days. So it's <laughs> me in trouble. So many sales, so many things. Yeah, I'm I'm one of those uh I'm one of those Black Friday deal shoppers. Although I've stopped long ago, I don't go out in the stores anymore. I, I just I can't handle that madness. So I actually get pretty much a good chunk of my my shopping done. On Thanksgiving morning, I get up uh, early before pretty much everybody else, before we start our Thanksgiving festivities, get online because a lot of the Black Friday deals are available online on Thanksgiving Day, order all my stuff, and then go start cooking. And Call it a day. Call it a day. I'm done. Good for you. So we'll, we'll see. And, and some of the stuff on my list is actually on sale. So I'll, I'll try to point out where, uh, where I've already noticed some deals because, you know, there are all these deal sites now where you can see the Black Friday circulars early and, and those things. It's, uh, but I do not advocate shopping at retail stores on Thanksgiving. I think that's bad. Or even the day after. It seems like it's just madness when you see those, uh, those images. Well, I think stores should be closed on Thanksgiving. Let people spend time with their families. Online shopping is fine. But uh, anyway, that's, that's a, you, you don't come here to hear our opinions on those things. You you come here to hear our opinions on uh, on uh, on geeky things, and including uh, geeky things that you might want to buy for yourself or or for, or for the geeks in your life. Um, this is a great show to maybe like listen to in the car on your way to Thanksgiving uh, with your family because it's a it's a great show for your significant other maybe to listen to. It's also a great way to avoid getting socks, you know, because if you don't have a good answer when people say, "What do you want for the holidays?" You're going to get socks, and I know socks can be fun, but you can only have so many socks, right? So, all right. Well, why don't we? Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff on our list. We we said we'd we'd go at ten, but then we both popped over that. So we'll we'll see how far we get. Um, do you want to kick us off? I think you've got maybe a few more things on your list than I do. I do. Um, well, the this year, and this is a running theme for me, is I bought some more HomeKit stuff, and I uh, have expanded the reach of HomeKit in my house. One of them that I really like is I bought the uh, QuickSet HomeKit lock. They have a new one out now that supports uh, the most recent versions of Apple HomeKit. So I can use Siri to lock and unlock the door. When I'm leaving the house, if I say, did I lock the door? I can go in my app and push a button and it locks the door back at home for me. Um, I love it when I'm getting out of the car, I can push the button so the door's unlocked when I've got the groceries when I get to the door. But this one also has a keypad on it. And so my kids that sometimes forget their keys, they can type in the keypad code and get in. And it's just been a really good uh, upgrade. I had an automated lock years ago that wasn't nearly as good. But now that the HomeKit stuff has got more uh, ubiquitous and uh, the stuff just ties in, I'm really enjoying it. So I have this lock as well. Um, My only complaint is I wanted to get this lock for my parents, but it only comes in two colors right now. It comes in satin, nickel, and... um, 
what's the uh, Venetian bronze and they have a they have a brass on their door and I was like oh, oh well you got to either change all of your locks or or whatever but I I love this and I'll tell you this has been one of the home kit devices that has been really reliable for me some of them not so much but this has been a great addition in and David what I did is I took that other not smart lock that was on my door and moved it to a back door which has been great that's yeah, so what I did too, and and I put it on a. Uh, and if you give somebody this, give them a box of AA batteries because it goes through batteries really fast. Oh, mine hasn't. I I just swapped out my batteries, and I've been through I think two sets of batteries in a year. Oh, really? Well, I don't know. It's what we're doing at the Sparks House, but we're running that lock hard, I guess. But it's and we have quick set already, so I was able to rekey it when I installed it. So the, everybody was out of the house when I did it and they came home and their old key worked in the door, which was great. So in terms of, you know, keeping the family happy thing that worked, uh, there are some other ones, I think Schlang or however they pronounce that. Um, Shalage, I think maybe. Sh- yeah. Th- so, so there's a couple other, uh, lock companies making them. I haven't had experience with those, but I can tell you the home kit thing seems to be working pretty good. And the, the quick set one has, has been great. Um, some people will say, well, wait a second, you put your lock on the internet. That's not a good thing. You know what? If someone wants to break my house bad enough, they're going to just break the window right next to the lock and unlock the door. But the, um, but I feel like it's, it's, it's good enough security and, and it's super convenient. The one thing that I will tell you I've noticed with this particular lock is the way that you burn through batteries can also do with how, obviously, how much you use it. I don't go through my front door probably as much as you all do, um, but also how good of an install job it is, because if it sticks at all, that lock's going to work a lot harder. Oh, I installed it. Yeah. Well, you probably <laughs> just use your front door a lot more than I do. So. Yeah. Well, there's four of us. Yeah, that could be it. So Great. I think that's a great pick. I've I've, I've got one, and I, I enjoy it a lot. So keeping with, I, I guess, our, uh, our home kit theme here, um, here's a device that you can use with your fancy quick set lock, David, and that is an extra HomePod because you, you can't have just one, right? No, I, I think that's increasingly the case. I mean, with Siri Shortcuts, we added an additional one. I think I said it on the show once. We added one downstairs, so it's really nice. And because I've got all the home kit stuff in the house, um, and everybody's kind of just slowly learning to talk to Siri. Uh, I'm noticing that the whole family's using it. And, and the other thing, the big reason for us was because we have Apple Music, and so you get all of the music with the uh, with the HomePod. Well, as you know, I started with one and then expanded to two, and then something happened, and then there was a third. It's possible there might be a fourth now. I don't know. Oh, really? Things oh, happen. Really? Um, what happened? What what room did you put it in? I told you they're tribbles, and that's what happens when you feed them. Is things happen, but um, yeah. So HomePod to me is kind of I think what Sonos was to you. Is I've just I've I've started getting rid of Alexa, the um, the uh, that the other Amazon person in my life. Although I do still have a spot that I really like by my bedside, but uh, Siri shortcuts has been a big factor. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start pairing them up. Um, I think I still need one more so I can start pairing them, but I'm going to stop for now um, because I want the one in my my family room to be a complete set. And then you know, one in the bedroom, one in the office, one in the kitchen. It it, it, it they're rooms, you know, it adds up. No, I but. think it's nice. I mean, I hope Apple continues to develop it. They've been kind of quiet about it lately, but I think the hardware is great. To me, the the hold back on it right now is the software. Yeah. What what I personally have been doing is um, I've been picking them up as I find deals on them. 
And there's a great one that's coming up. Uh, HomePod is going to be available brand new. So I've usually been picking these up like refurbished or open box or returns, and it's it's been fine. But um, you can get a brand new one, so appropriate for gift giving from Best Buy. It's in their Black Friday circular. It'll be a hundred bucks off at Best Buy, which I think is the best deal I've seen on a HomePod yet. Um, and it's kind of kind of unheard of for for an Apple gear to be a hundred bucks off. My, you know, it's interesting. My uh, one of my sisters, neither of my sisters are very. Um you know, geeky. And one of them picked up a HomePod this year and it's her favorite technology purchase of from a long time, really, because, you know, to her, the whole idea that you can just shout out any music, any album and it plays, she can't get over that. And she, she loves it every day. So I think that's a good gift also for the non-geek in your life. If some of them, you know, if they've got some people and you've already got your house in the Apple um, ecosystem, that might be a good gift for somebody else. All right. Um, for me, the next one is a new product. This is one that I have not purchased, but I'm super interested in. I'm going to put it on my list this year, I think. Um, that is the uh, uh, 12 South has a new product called the Power Pick. And what it is, it's just a little picture frame that you can put, I believe, a 5 by 7 picture in. And it looks like a picture frame, but it has a plug in the back. It plugs into the wall. And the rim around the picture frame, I believe it's plastic. I don't know that it's, but the, um, uh, it's very stable and it's a little, the bezel is a little bigger and you can just set your phone down inside the picture and there is a wireless Qi charger embedded behind your photograph. So you just set your phone in there and it charges your phone. But when you're not charging your phone, it's a nice picture frame with a picture of your choice in it. The frame is made of New Zealand pine and holds any five by seven photo. Yeah. So it's painted white or black. So um, I didn't know that it was wood, but it's cool. And um, it's just a great idea. I think I, I don't know how nobody thought of this, but the, um, I haven't got one. They're not, they're not cheap. I think it's like $70 or $79 to buy one. But the, um, but it's just a great idea. I was thinking maybe um, I'll put it on my list and maybe this year, if I get it, we'll put it downstairs. So like on the mantle or something um, with a picture in it. And then when we want to charge our phone or when a friend comes over and they want to charge, we just set the phone down inside the picture frame. Put it by your bedside, put a nice picture of your family. And then at night you just stick your phone there. That's a good, I think I'm going to um, maybe add that to my list too. Yeah. It's a, it's just a great idea. So the, um, the other one that I'm going to uh, pick that's uh, completely, well, I, it's kind of tech related and that it's a techie thing, but it's not really a, a, a tech gadget is um, the instant pot. Do you know what that is? I, I was thinking that's very California of you. you know, but the, um, <laughs> no, it's, okay. it's not that. Uh, this I think is one of those, uh, as seen on TV infomercial things from a couple of years ago that actually finally made it. And I think it finally made it last year. It was its big black Friday, whatever thing. I, I, I don't know how it finally took off, but, um, uh, it is like an all in one, um, it's a, it's a pressure cooker. It's electronic pressure cooker. It's a saute pot. It's a rice cooker. It's a, um, uh, slow cooker. It does like seven things in one, and then you can even get fancier, and you can get the Bluetooth enabled one, or you can get um, uh, big ones and little ones, and and ones that do all kinds of fancy things. But 
you know, pressure cookers used to be these these old contorted things that had like clamps and lids on them that you would put on the stovetop and then occasionally they would explode and your food would go everywhere and they kind of got a, a bad rap. Um, but this is a, a safe, elect- supposedly safe, they say they are, uh, electronic one. The, the lid locks into place. It sits on your countertop. It's kind of about the size of a crock pot, although it's a little more, you know, tall than it is wide. Um, and you can cook all kinds of manners of, of things in it. So I got one a couple of months ago, and I use it all the time for cooking, probably at least one night a week. I've I've got some kind of meal that goes into it. It's great for doing chicken breast quickly or, or meat or, you know, I can do a chicken breast from like frozen to done in like eight minutes. Really? Wow. Yeah. So again, it's not techni- techie in the sense of, you know, we, we think about it as, you know, like a, a technical, I guess as a cord, does that count? But um, it's kind of a, a fun, neat thing and all the things you can do with it. And again, lots of sales on these this year. I think just about every major store has got some kind of sale on the uh, Instant Pots this year. So I've enjoyed mine. I cook a lot in it and it saved me a lot of time. It's kind of one of those things where I might have put something in the crock pot and let it sit all day, but instead... You know, I'll just do it in 20 or 30 minutes when I get home after work. Okay, well, I've, I've got a somewhat related pick. It's uh, this this year we bought an Anova uh, sous vide machine, which is uh, A-N-O-V-A. And it's all it is, it's like a big metal rod you put into a pot of water and it heats the water. And then you put your food in sealed bags, but it cooks them over a very long period and it cooks them very tender. So like... Like we've been uh, doing a lot of experiments with it, and it, it really does make it quite delicious. And then you just yank it out and you you sear it for a couple minutes, and it's it's great. It's got an iPhone app, so when I'm working at home, I can like kind of babysit the uh, the dinner cook uh, through the app. But even if you weren't home, you could start it up and do things over the iPhone app. So it's it's kind of nice, and um and that's it's kind of geeky too. And uh, like we've been trying to get um you know, chicken right. And it's hard to get chicken right, you know, without getting it really dry. And this thing, man, it it nails it every time. So how this is kind of cooking by, by heating up the water around something. Is that how that works? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you heat it up to a lower temperature than you think you would need to, but it's just the length of time. And then the, uh, the window for when it's done actually has a real long back end, like a, a pork chop is cooked. Generally, it's usually ready to to put on the oven after a couple hours, but you can actually have it on the oven up to five hours. So, you know, if you've got a job where you don't know exactly when you're going to get home, you just kick it off at, let's say three o'clock and then uh, you set it up before you leave. And the pork chop is in the water and you can put some ice in the water if you want before you leave. And the thing will start heating up and it'll um, start heating the pork chop. And if you work a little late, doesn't matter. The sous vide will be done when you get home. Then you just take out a, uh, we have a, a frying pan with like ridges in it, like a barbecue kind of. Then we just put that on the oven and then you just sear it on both sides for a few minutes and it's delicious. Tender and uh, it's just great. It's an interesting way of cooking. So the Instant Pot, I think, is kind of like the, the other end of that exactly. spectrum. So the exact opposite. Yeah. So where the, 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 um, that your, your thing, how do you pronounce that? The sous vide? Is that? Yeah, sous vide. Yeah. The sous vide will cook slow. Um, the Instant Pot will cook fast. So, um, you can do like a, a whole, uh, you know, pork and, you know, under a cup, an hour or so, or you can do chicken in just a few minutes and, 
So it's kind of like when you – and a lot they have a lot of these cookbooks. And in fact, I'll put a link to a cookbook that I, I really like. Um, this um, woman, Flo Lum, has a YouTube channel that I've started watching. Because when I got this, I was started looking to see, okay, well, what, what can I make? And can I just say I made the most amazing barbecue ribs in this thing? You would never – so I, I cheated. How long did that take? About 40 seconds? No, I, I made the ribs. I think I made the ribs in 20 minutes. And then I finished them on the grill. So it doesn't, you know, kind of like your sous vide, it doesn't do crispy well, you know. And so a lot of the stuff, if you want the crispy, you have to finish it on the grill. But I got two racks of ribs because I was having people over. And I got two racks of ribs and I put them in the Instant Pot. And I think it was 20, 25 minutes, uh, you know, put some garlic, put some onion, got them ready to go. And then um, right before my guest came over, I pulled them out um, and then put the barbecue sauce on them and then finished them on the grill. So by the time my guests were here, all they saw was like, you know, the ribs on the grill. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've been uh, cooking ribs on the grill all day. Yeah. No, well, that, you know, it's funny because the reason I got this movie was a listener of the show is a chef in one of the Chicago steakhouses. And if you've been in Chicago, you know that they take cooking seriously. But he's also a nerd and wrote me about something geeky. And I asked him, you know, what's the best way to cook a steak? And he said, well, you know, he said they sous vide most of them. They, you know, they come in the morning, they put the steaks in the bath and they heat the water. And then when you order it, then they pull it out of the bath and they, you know, they grill it uh, for a very short period of time. But the, the steak is largely cooked once they pull it out of the bath. So I'm like, oh, well, if they could do it, then I guess I should do it too. So anyway, that's a, but I love the, the, the tech element of this is they've got this app and the app it even gives you cooking times. It's, it's a, it's a really well done um, kitchen appliance app. In fact, you can, if you're, if you're curious, download the Anova, A-N-O-V-A app and check it out. And Instant Pot has an app too. That is a great place to start where you download the app and they have a couple hundred free, free recipes that you can, you can follow on there. Um, I recommend if you're going to start with one from the app, start with the uh, Carnatus. Um, it's quite good. Hey, before we continue, I want to take a minute to talk about our first sponsor today, and that's our friends over at SaneBox. Now, go to SaneBox.com slash MPU, and you're going to get a $25 credit on any plan. That's the best deal they give to anybody. SaneBox is just a great tool if you're busy. What it does is it takes the madness out of your email inbox. Uh, they continue to be amazed at how many of the MPU listeners sign up for the service, I'm not amazed at all because I know the people who listen to the show are busy and email is a pain in the neck for everyone. SaneBox, what it does is it learns what emails are important to you and filters out what isn't, saving you hours. So when you sign up for the service, you, you give it access to your account and that's access only to look at the sender and the subject line. The SaneBox never sees the body of your text and they've got a whole white paper on their security on their website if you want to check it out. And uh, But it works with all sorts of email programs because it's this web-based thing. No matter what email app you want to use, like lately I've been trying to airmail again, and uh, it doesn't matter. I still get my same box service because it, it just doesn't matter. It, it works before the mail gets to your computer or your app, uh, tablet or iPhone. And um, it's great for filtering. So when email comes in, it'll put some of the email, maybe it's not so important, like catalogs or or solicitations into the news folder, or maybe it's from people that you generally don't reply to very quickly, it'll put their email into the later folder. And um, 
it'll just do that for you. So then when you wake up or when you pick up your phone and you look at it, your inbox just has the most important stuff for you right there. They also have a great snooze feature there where you can actually just snooze the email for a day or two or five days or until next Monday. Whatever you prefer in box will cover you. And then the last one I'm going to talk about, there's a whole bunch, but the last one I'm going to talk about is probably my favorite, is Sane Reminders. Whenever I send an email that I need to get a reply on, I use a Sane Reminder, and I'll say like one week at SaneBox.com. I put that in the BCC field. So all that's doing is telling SaneBox, hey, watch this email. And if that person replies to me, I'm good. But if they don't reply in a week, send me a note to remind me. This solved a huge problem I used to have where I would send emails and I had to create omnifocus tasks to like track an individual email. It was a thing that took way too much time uh, with Sanebox. It's just solved very easily with including that, you know, reminder in the BCC field. And like I said, there's a whole bunch more you can do with it, but it's um, it really is power tools for your email and absolutely worth it. They have various pricing plans starting as low as $4 a month. You get a 14-day free trial. So go check it out. And don't forget, if you go to samebox.com slash MPU, you're going to get that $25 credit. So here's a gift for yourself this year. You know, Become powerful at using your email and get the madness out of your life with a Samebox account. Thanks, Samebox, for all your support of Mac Power Users. I think it's actually your pick because you kind of hopped onto my pick. I did. You know, I did kind of like cheat there, didn't I? <laughs> okay. I think there's going to be a lot of cheating in this episode. There are kind of no rules after this long. All right. Um, so the, the other, uh, something else I, I started buying this year um, and uh, is I just embraced the whole um, Amazon Apple Watch ecosystem because, you know, I, I love those uh, sport bands that Apple sells. You know, the, I'm not getting it right. It's, it's the one with the Velcro on it. What's that one called? Loop. Right. The sport loop. Yeah. It's like sweatpants for your watch. I mean, it's great. You know, there's no buckle to scratch the desk. It's like if you wear your watch to bed, it's a great one. Uh, so, but, but they're $50 and I went on Amazon and they're like $10 and I ordered a couple of them and I've been using them all year and they work just like the Apple ones. I mean, I, I, I barely can tell the difference. So, um, there's some really good vendors on Amazon selling Apple watch bands. And if you get one that looks like a dud or unsecure, when you get it, just send it back. But most of them that I've, I've bought seem pretty good. And, um, I'm not going to pick a specific one. They've got them there in price ranges from $10 to a hundred dollars. But the, um, if you have an Apple watch band and you've been hesitant about getting, I'm sorry, if you have an Apple watch, you've been hesitant about getting extra bands because every time you go into Apple, the minimum buying at Apple is $50, which is a lot of money for a band. Uh, considering my watch that I had before the Apple watch was like $20, the watch itself, um, go on Amazon and check out some of the options and you'll be surprised. I mean, you can buy a watch band. I bought a, um, Recently on app on Amazon for like twenty dollars, I got a NATO style band, you know, with the three loops on the end and a buckle, like a bright red one. And I'm just going to wear that around in December. I decided, why not? You know, be festive with my watch. Um, but you know, you can you can do stuff like that when they're you know at a price point that doesn't kill you every time you want to buy one. So I think we have to pick, and I'm not going to make any specific pick, but I think all the USB-C things this year is a, is a great um, 
stocking stuffer, what, whatever it is you need, uh, this is going to be the start of the year of USB-C, particularly if you picked up a new new iPad. Or MacBook or MacBook Air. Or MacBook or MacBook Air or whatever. Um, I think Apple is definitely, you know, signaled that this is where things are going. I don't know. I mean, whether we want to pontificate, my, my gut says I think the iPhone will make the transition to USB-C next year. It would not surprise me if it didn't. But if I had to go one way or another, I would say that I think the iPhone is going to make the transition to USB-C next year. I think it's probably more likely not to because there's just so many iPhones out there and everybody's going to lose their mind. Um, you know, you remember how hard it was when we went from the really terrible 30-pin uh, to the small and elegant lightning? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so I, I actually think what's going to make people lose their mind more is not when the end that plugs into your phone goes to, goes to USB-C, but what about the other end? Because that's the end that is really out in receptacles everywhere. So one of the things to solve that problem is, you know, I've got a couple of USB-C to USB-C cables. In fact, one of the things that I found is when I got my new iPad Pro, which we're going to talk about on the, the MPU Plus that's coming up at the end of the month, um, I really didn't need to buy that many dongles. I had already in many ways made this transition when I had my my MacBook Pro a couple of years ago, and I was able to go into my closet and find a long USB-C cable and another USB-C cable. But the one thing that I did buy um, is I bought a USB-A to USB-C cable. And I actually bought a three-pack, and I'll put a link in the show notes to the one that I bought. They were from Anchor, of course. Now, these aren't going to charge my my iPad super fast, but I, I threw one in my car, I threw one in my travel bag, and I, I've still got one here at the house because everything else when you go out in the world is USB-A. If you go on a plane, if you're in a hotel room, anywhere else that you're going to have to charge where you're not charging yourself, or even if you have one of these charging bricks that doesn't support USB-C yet, but I think you probably need to get at least one that does have USB-C in it. The, the end on the other side of those cables is usually USB-A. So even though I know that it's not as fast to charge as I could get and it's not um, as, as fast to sync as I can get, I, th I thought it was important for me to have one of those USB-A to USB-C cables for compatibility purposes. Well, that makes sense. But I think you should pick up some, pick up some this year, some, some USB-C cables, some USB-A to C cables, um, maybe some USB-C flash drives and USB-C uh, uh, power bricks. Uh, at least something that has a USB-C port on it, because the transition is coming, and so start getting yourself in a in a place to be there now. I, and I would add to that um, a specific recommendation, other than Anchor for once, <laughs> is uh, Nomad, and you can go to their website. I think it's nomad.com. Uh, they have some really nice quality fabric lined cables that have the adapter on the end that gets you USB-C. Um, micro USB and lightning. So those are some pretty good travel cables um, if you've got USB-C devices in your life, but you also have an iPhone. Um, any other specific USB-C things that you think people need to have? I think you've got a USB-C power brick at this point, don't you? Yeah, I do. And th the one thing that is the question, I think still like the, the media adapter, like the Apple ones are very good. They are very consistent. Like I do a lot of presentation stuff. So I bought the Apple ones, but they were, they were like $80 when I bought them. It was crazy, but it's got a pass through USB-C power. It's got a USB-A port on it and it's got an HDMI or, um, I keep calling it RGB, but it's not RGB. It's the old VGA, VGA pin. And with pass-through power. So, like, I was 
and we're going to talk about the iPads soon, but you know, I was just playing with devices and that, that adapter actually came in quite handy, like to plug it into a USB, a device and then put in, in essence, phantom power by putting the power through as well. I don't know if there's any reliable third parties for that yet. I expect that by the time, you know, November rolls around next year, there'll be some good vendors out there, but um, the Apple stuff you can rely on, but you pay through the nose for it. I just don't know what else to recommend. Yeah. I think the Apple stuff is, is always a, a safe bet, but we'll see. All right. So I think that buying nice bags for people is a great Christmas gift. And for years I've been doing this Waterfield bags and I, you know, they're made in San Francisco. I just like the, the company. And because I grew up watching Indiana Jones, their, their design aesthetic really works for me. And I'm generally a big fan of the backpacks, the two shoulder thing, you know, so you can carry it all. But the um, the gang at Waterfield sent me one this year. They sent me the new Sutter Texeling, S-U-T-T-E-R, and I'll put a, um, a link up. And if you got yourself a new iPad uh, or if you've got somebody in your life that li- likes something like an iPad or a notebook, this is an amazing little bag. It's um, it's not made to hold like a laptop. It's it's much smaller, but it, it goes across one shoulder and then across your body, kind of like the Chewbacca, um, you know, ammo belt kind of thing. And it's it's great. It fits on your back. They've got a hook on the bottom so you can sling it across either side of your body. And uh, I've been using this thing for a couple weeks now, and I really like it. Like always. Uh, the inside is lined with gold fabric, so when you open it, it's easy to see your stuff. Um, I find it really nice. Um, we, we've we had a, a family thing where somebody's been in the hospital a lot, so I've been going to the hospital a lot. It's it's great for just getting your iPad, a bottle of water, your sunglasses, and, and going off. Uh, I think it's also be great for Disneyland when I can start making some Disneyland trips. Um it's just a nice little bag, but overall, I'd say over the years, some of the best gifts I've bought for people have been like nice tech bags for people because that's something I think people generally don't buy for themselves. You know, they'd like a nice bag, but um, for for whatever reason, we don't spend that kind of money on ourselves usually. So uh, take a look at Waterfield and some of the other vendors out there and buy someone a nice bag for whatever tech gear it is they're always carrying around for them. And I think they'll really appreciate it. Yeah, it looks like this is one that you need to hop in on sooner rather than later if you're interested because it looks like their production runs are starting to sell out right now if you order their shipping December 14th. So those will probably go quickly. Yeah, they're, you know, and I, I get it. They're really nice. And, um, it, you know, it's just a, a really nice, well-made bag that fits real comfortably. Uh, and like I said, it's not, if you got a 15-inch MacBook Pro, this isn't what you want, but um, for just taking even the larger 12.9 inch iPad fits in it. And it's, it's just really nice. So my next pick is um, a, a media pick. And some of us have a little time off over the holidays, or maybe you take a few days off over the holidays. Uh, it's probably a great time to catch up if you didn't have an opportunity to see Star Trek Discovery. This is, I will tell you, I was not necessarily on board with the idea of Star Trek Discovery, just like I was not on board uh, with the idea of the whole Kelvin timeline thing, because I feel like those things didn't really happen. So they don't exist. 
But I have come around, and I now see that I can watch these um, reincarnations of Star Trek and be entertained by them, even though I still don't believe that they actually exist. And even though I still hope that at some point at the end, when when all these people are done playing with the timeline, that they'll fix it. But, <laughs> so just so we're clear, none of this actually happened. Um I still think you can enjoy it. And I enjoyed watching Star Trek Discovery. I, I thought it was great to see Star Trek back on TV again and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so it is now available on iTunes or available on DVD. Uh, you can also, of course, get it through CBS All Access, which is how C uh, CBS would rather you get it. If you're going to watch season two, then it may make sense to watch season one, you know, while you're paying for season two. But if you don't want to buy CBS All Access, you just want to go ahead and, and pay for the episodes. You can now go download them on uh, on iTunes or go grab the DVD. I just bought the season yesterday on iTunes. I was thinking about you when I did it. I, I, I have not subscribed to CBS All Access, so I'm going to be a year behind. Um, and I've been really distracted with this family thing. And but so I, I but I watched like ten minutes of the the first episode, and I'm like, I am in this. I like these characters already. Oh, uh, it, it oh. looks great. No, okay, good. Good luck with that. Never mind. Well, don't don't ruin it. It's fine. For me. It's fine. It'll be fine. I mean, I just, I just, I've been distracted, so I couldn't. I wanted. This is a show that I didn't want to watch with my mind on other things. I just want to watch and enjoy it. So, so you're, you're, you're in the first episode. Yeah, they. I mean, they, they fixed the well, and then the ship came down out of the smoke, and I'm like, oh man, I got goosebumps, and then I turned it off. So I, hmm. I can't wait to see what happens. Perfect. Oh no! <laughs> what are you telling me? <laughs> Nothing. I'm telling you nothing. Okay. I'm telling you nothing. It it All will right. be it will it will be fine. Okay, good. Well, I hope so because I really like, especially that captain. She's awesome. Okay. She's like, what would you do if you were stuck here? I would escape. I, I, man. All right. That's, okay. That's Star Trek to me. Anyway. Um. Okay. So my next one, we're going to talk about this at, at length on our next live show because Katie and I both got new iPads and we're loving them. But I just wanted to say on the gift guide episode, it's a lot of money. It's like buying a computer at this point. But the um, if you like the iPad and, and you like to get work done with your iPad, the iPad Pro, the new one is a it, just the very short version is it's way uh, it's nice. I mean, it's really nice. And the new design, I think, is is pretty remarkable. And I think Apple has to have some more tricks up its sleeve with the software. But the um, uh, it, it's a significant improvement. So we'll talk about it. I don't know, whenever the next live show is, I said, but the, um, it is a nice gift. Oh, that's it. That's all you have that's to say it. about the new iPad. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, we're, I'll, I'll have plenty to say later, but it, it feels great in your hand. You want me to keep talking? <laughs> but, yeah. But I, I, I've, I've been using it extensively because I've been out of the house a lot and man, it, it is a nice iPad. Okay. Wow. I'm surprised, but okay. Great. Okay. Oh, I thought I just thought you'd have. We're going to talk about this a lot more on the. Um, yeah, I'm holding my powder on the on the next MPU plus. So yeah, there we go. All right. Um, I uh, <laughs> this is another uh, one of these uh, smart smart home things. I got my um. I, I put in a new lawn about a, a year ago, and I'm I'm not really sure what happened, but I got my water bill recently, and it was like a hundred bucks, and. I, part of that, you you spend more water on a new lawn, and I think I didn't quite program my my um my sprinklers correctly. 
It's so confusing. But actually, you know, the people who put in my lawn program the sprinklers. So maybe they didn't program it correctly. But the sprinklers were only supposed to come on like twice a week and for like one or two sessions. And then I noticed like they were on for hours in the morning. And I, I think th- I, I think that the sprinkler was not programmed. I had to go back and I had to fix all of that and end up costing me and wasting a lot of water, I'm sure. Lawn looks great. But also, you know, costing me a lot of money. And I'm like, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this. So, of course, I started looking to see if there were better um, – Uh, smart things that could make my life better. And I found that there is actually a smart sprinkler controller that you can use to swap out the box. Um, In fact, if I were smart, I would have bought this when the people put in my irrigation system and just said, here, forget your little box, put this in instead. Um, But the instructions say it's not going to be that hard to install. It's the uh, Ranchiro, R-A-C-H-I-O. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. Uh, Rakio, maybe? Uh, Smart long sprinkler controller. Um, There's a version two, which is still being sold. that seems pretty good. And then a version three, which has got some some updates. Um, So I've got my eye on that. I haven't pulled the trigger on it. And for now, I think I've got my sprinkler controller um, programmed. We'll see what my what my bill looks like uh, next month. And I've, I've turned the watering down. We'll see what my bill and what my lawn looks like next month. How's that? But, um, I think it will be better because it, it can do things like it can change the water patterns based on, um, you know, did it rain? Is it forecast to rain? Because although I have one of these rain gauge sensors, you know, that only turns off the water if it actually rained, you know, it doesn't do any good if it, if it's supposed to water the lawn on Sunday, but then Sunday afternoon, there's a downpour. So I think it's smart enough to say, Hey, downpour is coming this afternoon. I'm not going to water this morning. I, I think that that's something that naturally lends itself to home kit and smart technology. The, um, uh, th- this year at the Sparks house, we, we cut the cable. And so we have two Apple TVs, which are the primary inputs. One is a small uh, TV mounted in the kitchen, um, and one is the, the big TV in the family room. And we had, so as a result, we had two Apple TV remotes and, you know, having two of them within proximity of each other, it leads to all sorts of problems. First of all, you know, they look identical. Second, they're so small, they're easy to lose. And I wanted to solve the problem. So I went looking around and one of my favorite purchases this year was a, a remote cover. It's a silicone rubber cover that goes over the Apple TV remote. And the one I use specifically, it's on Amazon. It's $12 and it's called the Elago R1, E-L-A-G-O-R1. And they have, like I said, I, I got the one for the kitchen is in red. And what makes this great, it, it slips over and it's got a very thin edge on the touchscreen area. Cause we had one of these years ago and it had like a very thick edge on the touch screen area. So like when you would like go to the edge to try and advance 10 seconds, you know, if you tap on the very right edge of that touch controller advances or uh, 10 seconds or back, depending on which side you tap on, but it didn't work well because of the cover, this one is nice and thin. So you can manage the remote. It doesn't get in the way of operation. And the best part about this thing is it's got two magnets in the base of it. So the, now the remote in the TV is in a red remote that, magnetizes to the refrigerator and that's just where it goes. And then the one in the family room is on a, um, it's kind of a white glow in the dark material. So it can glow in the dark. So you can see it when you've got the lights out to watch a movie and it um, magnetizes to the edge of the TV. You know, the TV's got metal around the edge. So we just Mm. put it up there and it sticks to the TV. And now we almost never lose the remote. Sometimes kids don't put it back, you know, 
no matter how old they get. But the uh, but in general, we've really solved our remote problems. We can distinguish between the two. And also, if you drop it, it this is a nice rubber case for that remote, which is quite expensive if you break it. So um, I, I don't know. It's just a, a little $12 purchase, but good stocking stuffer, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe just buy it for yourself. Yeah, I think it's actually come down in price it's now eight bucks uh make sure you get the one i'm looking at right now and the one i bought is twelve dollars make sure you get the one with the magnets that that really helps they have they have one sans magnet that is a little cheaper i want to take a quick break before we move on and talk about our next sponsor and that is our friends over at luna display this episode of mac power users is brought to you by luna luna is the only hardware solution that turns your ipad into a wireless display for your mac Uh, David talked about his new super cool iPad Pro. I've got one as well. And you've got this amazing secondary display. It's got super image quality. And now these displays are bigger than ever. And why can't you use this as an external display for your Mac? Well, now you can. Now you do have a super portable second display with stunning image quality and best of all, zero lag. You set up Luna Display is simpler than you can imagine. You just plug in this little piece of hardware into your Mac, and you'll be up and running in seconds. Everything works over Wi-Fi. And if you don't have access to a Wi-Fi connection, you can just connect over USB. It's super simple. Luna acts as a complete extension to your Mac. It even supports things like external keyboards, the Apple Pencil, and touch interaction. So it basically turns your Mac into a touchscreen device. There have been other products that will try to extend your Mac's display, but I will tell you they have all been a little kludgy. One of my favorite things about Luna is it just works, and that's because they've really taken this to the hardware level. You've got the little dongle, you plug it in, it makes the connection and it works. I work with a laptop still as my primary computer. And especially if I'm in a hotel room or if I'm traveling, or if I just decide that I want to take my laptop downstairs and work for a while and use it maybe on the kitchen table, I can take my laptop and extend that display with the display that I already have without having to go out and buy something different. Luna Display is awesome. You can head over to lunadisplay.com and listeners of Mac Power users get an exclusive 10% discount by going to lunadisplay.com and entering promo code POWER at checkout. Again, that's lunadisplay, L-U-N-A-D-I-S-P-L-A-Y.com and using promo code POWER at checkout. Our thanks to Luna Display for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right. I think you're up next, Katie Floyd. You know, we've had these uh, smart switches that, you know, we, you and I really love the Lutron Cassetta switches, and I keep installing those every uh, – in fact, I've got a camel, camel, camel alert. I shouldn't say that because someone keeps out buying me on these. So I've got a camel, camel, camel alert set up that whenever they drop below a, a certain threshold, I'll, I'll pick an extra one up and then install them. But I realize that I don't necessarily need a smart home kit switch everywhere in my house. Sometimes there are lights in my home that I just want to come in to come on, like when I enter a particular room. And I don't necessarily need to automate that. I I had this whole convoluted idea because I wanted to turn on the lights in my garage when I entered my garage, when it was dark um, during, you know, basically kind of at night. I wanted to turn on the lights in my garage only when I was there at night because I found that I would turn on the lights in my garage when I went in there at night, but then I would forget to turn them off and I'd go in the next morning and be like, oh, I've left the lights on my garage on all night. And so I had this convoluted idea, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna get a, a $50 cassetta switch and I'm going to stick that in the wall and then I'm going to get a $40 uh, motion sensor and I'll set this all up with HomeKit and all of these things. 
And then the more I started thinking about it, I thought, you know, there's a really, there's a much simpler solution to this problem. And it's technology that's been around forever. And so I went on Amazon and for like 14 bucks, I bought an occupancy switch, sensor switch. And what this is, is it's a replacement to the light switch that has a little motion and light sensor in it. And you can either toggle it on, toggle it off, or set it on auto. And once you wire it up, it's got about three wires in it. It's, it's well, maybe four. It's pretty simple. But you wire it up, and you can make a little adjustments on um, how long do you want the light to turn on, um, how much light do you want it to have, what's the range you want. And it will turn on the lights in a particular room based on motion, based on the ambient light in the room, and that was all I need. So I've gone through and I've installed these occupancy switches in my garage, in my laundry room, and in my walk-in closet in my bedroom. Yeah, so I, was, place- I was thinking that'd be perfect for a closet. Yeah. Yeah. So places where I, I want there to be light, maybe I'm going to have my hands full when I'm walking in, but then I want the light to be gone when I leave. So, um, you know, I've I basically bought three of these and replaced three switches in my house for less than what it would cost me to buy one smart switch. And done. Yeah, and you lose the ability to automate and turn off from afar. But when would you do that to your closet light, right? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't ever need the ability to do that in my closet light. And I think sometimes we as geeks can can overthink our way through a problem. You know, I had this whole workflow set up with the switch and the motion sensor and the the times and all of these things. And I was like, you know, the, too complicated. There's a much easier way. I'll put a link to the one that I use in the show notes. Um, you do have to be aware it's it's a little bit different whether you're using a single pole installation or um, is it called a triple pole or a, a three-way switch? And so the difference is, does your light switch turn on only at one switch or are there multiple switches that control that light switch? A prime example would be like, do you have a switch at the top of the stairs and a switch at the bottom of the stairs? Um, you you need a, um, a multi-switch or a three-way switch the one that's specifically designed for a three-way switch, and it's a little different install if you're going to do it um, with a multi-pole switch. Very simple install with a single-pole switch. So just make sure that you buy the right switch. Some of them require you to have a neutral wire, which most newer homes do. Some of them don't. So just make sure you get the right switch. The one that I'm going to put a link in the show notes to um, is a is a single-pole install, which is what all of mine, I think, were, and um, does require a neutral switch. But it's uh, pretty inexpensive and and pretty simple. Yeah, and when you think about the use case for an occupancy switch is almost always going to be a single pull. It's rarely going to be something that has multiple switches, like a closet, a garage, that kind of stuff usually just has one switch. Um, okay, good good pick. Uh, the uh, The next one I would, I would like to throw out there is something that I think would be fun to put in stockings or um, tie on gifts. Do you ever tie gifts on the gifts? You know what I mean? Like put a little something on top of it. Mm, no, but I like that idea. I, I do it all the time, especially when I give gifts to kids. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll put like a little Star Wars figure or something and just where you can see it, you know. So when I bring it over to their house, they can see that, hey, man, uh, you know, Uncle Dave is already delivering the goods. Right. You know, there's something on the outside that's just waiting there for me. Anyway, um, the uh, but this is uh, something I tried this year. And, you, know, you know, have you heard of the uh, pop socket sensation? 
Yes, I'm aware of this. I'm not sure uh, how I oh, feel about Katie, it, but I'm Katie aware of it. Katie hates it. I can tell already. She hates it. Well, I, I got one. Uh, I just wanted to check it out. Everybody was talking about it, so I bought one, and it was like 10 bucks. You need to describe what a pop socket is, because I will tell you, for the longest time, I kept hearing about pop sockets, but I didn't know what they were until I saw one. So what it is, it's, it's, a, it's a plastic device that attaches. It's got adhesive on one end of it. It's a, it's a circular disc, a little bigger than a quarter. Maybe a 50 cent piece, if you remember what those look like. Um, and it just it sticks to the back of your phone or the back of your phone case. And uh, it's got a foot. Like I said, it's about the size of a 50 cent piece. And then it stands a little proud. But then you can pull it and it'll pop out. And it gives you um, like a little handle that pops out the back of your phone. It allows you to lay the phone down and then um, you can like watch video on the phone. It's tilted up. If you've got one of these bigger phones, you can put it, it gives you something to hold it while you're, you know, holding the phone. And there's a bunch of people that love these things. I think this is really a good non-geek gift, if that makes sense. Like, I think a lot of people who aren't so obsessive about what their phone looks like would put one of these on and think it's great because it just makes the phone a little easier to use. Um, I got one and then I bought one of the uh, the clear plastic cases. I think it's a spec case uh, for my new iPhone 10s max and uh, i just attach the pop socket to that clear case and when we go like to disneyland or something where i'm going to be taking a lot of pictures with the phone i thought it would be nice to have a little bit more secure hold on it and um so i just put it on for trips like that uh, i don't use it all the time the, the one of the downsides of it is if you're using wireless charging and you've got this pop socket on the back it may make it more difficult to charge because it puts a little bit more space between your phone and the charging device. With mine, it actually works with the Anchor, you know, stand-up charger, but it's slower. Um, but And I, I wouldn't use it every day, but on events where I'm going to go, like if I'm going to go to a family thing where my phone is going to get passed around to a lot of people, I would rather have a handle on it. So as uh, relatives who aren't as serious about protecting my phone as I am, have a little more secure way to hold on to it. Um and like I said, all my non-geek friends that see it immediately love it and buy it. So uh, maybe you've got a husband or a wife who isn't super geeky, put a pop socket on their phone and they'll think it's great. And they make them with all sorts of different brands. I got one, of course, with the Star Wars Rebel symbol on the back, but they have it with just about any brand you want or even just night clear ones. Um, I think if you buy it through their website, you can even put your own logo on it, whatever that is. I've seen a lot of people doing these as like um, corporate gifts for the holiday season. Um, another thing you see people doing is they they put these little business card holders, um, stick on things on the back of the phone with their corporate logo on it. So those are those are other things that I see people sticking on regularly. Well, I, I you know, everybody was talking about the pop stock. So I said, well, I'll try it. And um, I think it's nice. I'm not using it every day. Like I said, I, it's kind of a special occasion thing for me. I, I think whenever I know my phone is going to get handed around, like, you know, like the thing with the Disneyland trip is you go to take a picture with Chewbacca, uh, the Disney employee wants, will use your phone to take a picture of you, but I don't know how careful they are with my phone. So I like putting the pop socket on for things like that. And, um, uh, but the, uh, it's kind of nice. I, I don't, I don't hate it. I mean, I, so I, you sounded at the beginning, like you were kind of against them. I am. You should try one. Just no. try it. Nope. Okay. All right. Nope. Then don't. Then don't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like um, I don't like sticking things to my phone. Yeah. Well. Well. Then stick it to a case. I bought like a ten dollar case with it. Yeah. Yeah. That you could do. 
I don't know, though. I have lately been thinking about getting a, um, oh, I'm going to regret this. I have been thinking about getting one of those, um, um, those very simple wallet cases for the iPhone that just have like 12 South has one, um, that have just the, the couple of slots for like an ID and a card. Cause I find I always take my phone with me. And so often that's all I need is just my debit card and my ID, but I, I like my clear case with my phone. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, like the 12 South one has like a, in essence, a shell case inside of it that slides out. So you can take it out. It's not super attractive when you slide it out, but you can remove your phone from that case pretty easily. Yeah, no, 12 South has a Earl Grey iPhone uh, wallet case that I've been thinking about. I, I would have kind of rather them have a white one to match my white phone, because once you put your phone in case, you're not going to be able to tell that it's white. But, you know, the Earl Grey is kind of cool because it's, you know. Earl Grey. It's Earl Grey. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> I'm surprised that's not on your list. It might be. Oh, you know what? Can I just, I'm going to put a link to it right now in the show notes. All right. I'm, it's a, it's an audible. I'm calling an audible. They also have a Marsala, which is kind of pretty. It's um, that, that, that one I actually could see potentially putting on the, on my list. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to put a link right here now. That's not my pick though, but I'm just going to put a link here. I used that with a prior phone. I had the 12 South wallet case that I used for like a year and I, I thought it was great, but um, for whatever reason, I've stopped using it. I think this isn't, this isn't the wallet case. The wallet case is too big. I don't want the wallet case. This is just a leather case that has two slots for cards in the back of yeah, it. Because mine was like the book book. I think that's what they called it. Yeah. No, this is just a leather case for your phone that then has slots for cards in the back of it. Yeah. The reason I gave up on the book book was the same thing. It's like, it didn't, ultimately I needed more cards pieces of plastic when I walked around than it would fit in it. So then I would inevitably leave without what I needed. All right. So my actual next pick pick, um, let's see book, book, pick, pick. There we go. <laughs> uh, my actual next pick is kind of going back to our, um, our, our future USB-C life that's coming is, um, although it, I will say it might still be a little too soon for this, but, um, I'm going to go ahead and go with it anyway, because I, I like to be a trailblazer, but I, I love, and I, I have a couple of outlets, not many. I think I only have two right now in my house where I've got the outlets and then I've got USB-A ports in the outlets. I've got one in my laundry room and one on my, um, uh, in my kitchen, because that's where I was finding that I was regularly, you know, you'll find there's a spot in your house where things just gravitate to that need to be plugged in. And, and so, um, that's, that's where I was finding that my stuff was being plugged in as it would either be right in kind of the laundry room where I would come in for the night and, and drop everything, or it would be in the kitchen where, where things were around. This has been negated a little bit with, uh, with Qi charging. So it's less of an issue. Um, but they're nice to have these, these outlets that also have USB-C charging or USB charging and see, I just let it go. But instead of having just all USB-A charging, there's a top greener makes a USB outlet that has one USA USB a port and one USB C port. So I think if I were putting these in my house now, I would not put one that just had exclusively USB a ports in it. I think I would have one USB a port. And then I think I'd have another that's just a USB C port. So I've got a link to one in the show notes. Do you have any of these in your house? No, I don't. But the, um, I've got several of the, um, of the anchor, wall chargers that have a bunch of ports popping out of it. So I've got those in key locations with cords. Yeah. But then you still have a bunch of these wall warts sticking out of your, yeah, it's just more streamlined to not, but anyway. 
the um uh, for my next pick, it's one that I picked as a, as a thing I'm playing with several months ago on one of our uh, MPU Plus shows. But I, it's still I still love this thing, and you know we're getting to the holidays. Um, it's the Lemetric uh, Wi-Fi clock for a smart home. It's it's a couple hundred bucks on Amazon. I got it in one of those Amazon anniversary deals. But the um, keep an eye on it. I'm sure they have sales on it. But it's it's just a cool clock that's got. It looks very eight bit, but it works with your iPhone and it's got all these different modules you can plug into it. Like uh, generally, I have ours showing the date and time. Uh, but they uh, we can like if it gets really cold, I can put the weather on there to know if I need to go out and cover up the vegetables. Um, we have a, a Santa Ana condition here in California as we're recording the show, so the wind is blowing like crazy. Last night I had the Lemetric showing us the wind speed. It was getting up to forty miles an hour last night. My house, the wow. wind, and the um, so it's just kind of fun to have that information. And the thing I know is because we keep that in our family room next to our TV. Uh, one of the reasons why we got it is we removed the cable, and <laughs> the one thing we always looked at the cable box for to see what time it was. You know, so we put it right where the cable box used to be, and um, it's like a conversation piece. People come over and they always are interested in that clock. And they want to know how it works. And then, you know, like I can show them, we, we have a, the widget in it that shows you how many days until Christmas and it displays a Christmas tree. And it, it's it's kind of goofy, but there's a lot you can do with it. And if you want a super nerdy gift, uh, the Lemetric Wi-Fi clock is definitely something that fits the bill. It's cute. I mean, I'm I'm looking at it. It's uh, it's it's like 200 bucks. It's I know it's ex- expensive, it's kind I of agree. expensive, but um. Maybe they'll have a Black Friday deal. I don't know. I I got it. What I think it, what was it? Amazon Day or whatever they tried to do. Prime Day. Prime Day. Yeah, and it was significantly less. I don't remember how much it was. But one forty nine. According to I see, I see. I just put this in my camel, camel, camel. According to camel, 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 one forty nine is the best price it's ever been. That's what I paid for it. Then the um and but it, it's just I don't know. I it, like I said, it's a dumb thing and it's probably too much money. But but we we get a lot of fun with it and uh, we've enjoyed it. Purchase hurt one time, I guess I'll say. So you can um, you can even put notes on it to other people. Is that how this works? Yeah, I've never done that. I mean, you so you can have it like scroll clean your room, stop watching TV. That would be nice. Yeah, you probably can do that. I mean, you can have it show how many Twitter followers you have. There's like a whole bunch of stuff you can do with it. Yeah. If I have one complaint, and maybe this is something I just haven't figured out yet. I, I would like it to move between some of the modules because you push a button to switch between like the time and the wind speed. I think it'd be better if you could have it, you know, display more of that. But it, overall, it's fun. And like I said, it's, it's almost a conversation piece when people come over. I just got thinking I could put a message on it. Like we have a guest Wi-Fi network. I think it'd be kind of cool the next time we have a bunch of the kids over for a, you know, teenager party, have it just scroll the, the public Wi-Fi um, password. That, that might be fun. Don't you have yours like in a frame put up somewhere? Yeah, we do. <laughs> we have a, we have it in a frame that we hang up whenever we have a party, we just take a picture down and hang up the Wi-Fi password. It's better than having them try to sniff around in my actual Wi-Fi. <laughs> All right, so um, my next pick again. Have you sensed kind of a, a home smart home theme with the show? I feel like that's kind of been a theme for the year. Yeah, it has, and it, it, I think this year things got a lot easier, so it's 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 easier to recommend this stuff now. 
So I am still filling out, I think, my my smart home. This is one that's not going to be HomeKit compatible, and I don't think it's ever going to be HomeKit compatible, but I have loved my Ring doorbell. It's kind of one of those gimmicky purchases that I bought a couple of years ago, and then I bought the original one, and then they gave me some kind of deal where I could upgrade to the current one, and I absolutely love it. In fact, if you don't have a Ring doorbell, that that would be something that you I would definitely put on your list, except I think I picked it a few years ago, so that's not my pick, um, but it's on sale a lot of places for for Black Friday. So check that out. Uh, Ring was bought by Amazon this year. And so I think at some point you're going to start seeing um, the Ring lines and the Amazon Cloud Cam lines start to merge. That hasn't happened yet, but you're you're definitely seeing when you, you search um, in Amazon, Ring has uh, quite the presence. And I'm starting to see more activity in Ring in terms of up- updates. But um, so I've got the Ring doorbell. I'm looking at expanding kind of the, the the idea of the ring being the ring because of the doorbell, but now they've expanded to be this this ring of protection around your home. And I'm thinking about replacing maybe one or two of my floodlights outside um, with either the ring floodlight camera or the ring spotlight camera. Now they've got a couple of different versions of these depending on what you need. You can replace your existing lights or you can... Um, which is kind of the best way to do it if you can, because then they're hardwired and you don't have to worry about batteries or anything like that. They've got some stick-up versions, which you can either use with a solar panel or you can use with a battery, but then you have to replace the battery every couple of months. But I've been pretty happy with them. Um, we, we've we had... Um, uh, we've been pretty fortunate, but my my neighbor had an incident uh, where, I don't know, it could have been kids, could have been something, but, but she thinks that somebody tried to get into her house uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she went out and, and bought a camera, and I said, well, you know, I've got this this camera on my doorbell, but it doesn't hit everywhere in, in my house. There are definitely some blind spots, so since then, I've kind of been thinking about, you know, maybe maybe getting a couple more of these to, to put around, but then I also wonder whether that... Uh, whether that kind of makes you one of those weird people could go either way. I really like the idea that you just screw it into the light socket. So it's solving the power problem. No, it, you don't screw it into the light socket. You re, you replace your existing floodlight with this. Yeah. So you take your floodlight down and replace it with this. But either way, I mean, it, it's using existing power and that's such a problem if you want to do an outdoor camera solution. And you know, the other thing about this, this is a this is a situation where we're still tied up in ecosystems. Like you already had some ring stuff, so now the ring cameras are more attractive to you. Since I already have the canary cameras in my house, the outdoor canaries are more attractive to me. But and I bought the ones that are on battery and it is a pain in the neck to I mean, it only takes minutes, but it, it is a pain to have to remember every month or so to go out and yank them down and take them in the house and charge them on the cord and then go hang them back. And sometimes they come down and I don't put them up for a few days because it takes me a while to get around to it. So um, I think it would, uh, I like the idea that they use power, but I do wish that this stuff wasn't in these ecosystem buckets like it is. Although did you see uh, kind of Apple and Amazon sign this deal where Amazon's not going to sell Apple gear? Yeah. I mean, I, but I don't. That doesn't mean that they're going to make it easy to use HomeKit on their stuff. No, no, no. I'm just saying the walls are maybe breaking down a little bit. Yeah, I hope. Maybe next year will be the year that um, HomeKit cameras become something that doesn't cost two hundred dollars for one camera. You know, the, it's still you know like the Logic Circle Two is like the one everybody uses now, but it's like you know you can buy like five cameras for the cost of one Logic Circle Two. 
before we continue, I want to talk about our next sponsor, and that's our friends over at Smile Software, the original sponsor of the Mac Power Users with Smile Software. Uh, they've got some great stuff. Uh, the thing we're going to talk about today is PDF Pen, and especially on the Mac because I use it so much. But if you want to get uh, anything from Smile, any of their software, go over to smilesoftware.com slash podcasts and make sure to tell them you heard about it here on the Mac Power Users. So the thing I love about PDF Pen is it has all the little tools that, you know, like Preview and the other, you know, PDF apps just never cover. I had a situation this week with a client where we want to work on a contract. The other side sent it to us as a PDF. And, you know, when we asked for it in Word format so we could track changes and, you know, it's like a a lawyer thing where they like say, oh, I don't have the word or for some reason they can't get you the word document. That's never a problem for me. I look like a rock star with my client because I just dropped the the PDF file into PDF pin. I pressed the button, the export button. And it turned it into a beautiful Word document where I could track changes. In fact, it worked so well that the other lawyer, when they got it, had to let their guard down for a minute with me on the phone and say, how did you do that? <laughs> you know, They wanted to know how I flummoxed him. It was great. Uh, but so PDF pen, you can take any PDF, you throw it in there, you push a button, it turns it into a Word document. Just think about how useful that can be for you. And that's not the only thing PDF Pin does. It does an amazing job with OCR, which a lot of uh, PDF apps don't, don't do. Uh, so you drop any PDF in there, you press one button, it goes through. It does the OCR. It makes this great gong sound when it's done. It always makes me happy to hear that sound. And know my file's now OCR'd. Fully searchable. I can go on. I can even do text replacement with PDF Pin because it's that smart. Um, the annotation tools are also very good. If you want to highlight, strike through, whatever type of annotation you want to do, PDF Pen's got you covered. You can move images. You can reorder pages. You can do that thing where you black things out, you know, called redaction. That's the fancy lawyer term for it. But a lot of PDF apps, it just draws a black box over it. That's no good because then the other guys can just delete the box and they see what's underneath it. With PDF Pen, when you redact, it is redacted. They have written the ones and zeros to, to black or white right over the top of that text. So, um, you know, all the power features you need from a PDF application you're going to get with PDF Pin. And it's made by a, a just a great group of people passionate about making great Mac software. Uh, they also have versions for iOS, so they got you covered on the iPad and the uh, iPhone as well. If you want to get it, head over to smilesoftware.com slash podcasts and select Mac Power Users when it gives you that list of names so you can let them know you heard about it here on the Mac Power Users. Thank you, Smile, for all of your support. I made an effort not to like dwell on my office construction this year on the Mac power users. Cause I knew it would make Katie, Katie absolutely crazy. Uh, but one little bit of tech that I bought that I've really liked is, uh, since I have two desks now, I don't know if I ever told you that Katie, I have two desks in my office. Yes. An analog and a digital desk. And I actually have three desks really because this, this tool bench, I sometimes stand at and work as, as well. But so the analog desk is in a corner where I don't have a lot of natural light. It's far enough away from the window. Uh, so I wanted some more light over me right there, and I went looking on wire cutter and all the all the places that you go to try and find a good light. And eventually, I settled on, and I didn't want to spend you know a crazy amount of money, but eventually, I um, settled on the Tautronics LED desk lamp. And the way that it's just a nice little, I mean, I didn't even know these lights existed, you know, but it's, it's super simple. It's like two bars, a vertical and a horizontal bar, and it folds up. So it gets out of your way very easily. 
It's got multiple levels of brightness and color. So you can get the warm light or the, you know, the, the blue light or the yellow light out of it. And you can set multiple lengths and it, you know, it doesn't use much power. And when I don't want to use it, I can easily fold it up and set it aside. And it's just been a great little tech gift. Do you get white or black? Black. They are. Um, I don't know if this particular company makes one, but you know they are now selling desk lamps that have uh, Qi chargers built in. Yeah, this one doesn't have that. I think this was before that became a thing, and I don't really need it, honestly. I mean, the whole point of that desk is not to bring any technology with me over there, anyway. But the, uh, but I did need light, and um, it's a nice little desk lamp. Um, my next pick is going to be kind of a, again, this, this whole thing is about cheating, a combination of picks. I've talked on the show about how I have a go bag and this is kind of a, a bag that I grab when I'm, it's kind of the start of my, if I'm going on vacation or if I'm leaving, it's got, you know, all of my cables and plugs and all the things that I need to leave. But I realized that, um, I kind of needed a little mini go bag for everyday stuff. And so what I've done is I have now created two, what I call go pouches. Uh, one lives in my briefcase and one lives in my purse. And I started with one and then I expanded to make two. And you may already have all the stuff that you need to make your go pouch. Um, what I ended up doing is just getting a little bag. And um, I, I had some of these, you may have some, but these, um, you know, whenever you buy makeup, they, they always give you a free bonus and you always get a little teeny tiny makeup bag usually. So that's what I used for mine, but I used the smallest bag that I could find. And in my little go pouch, I put a small um, backup battery, uh, just the smallest little USB backup battery I could find, nothing expensive. I think one is the Anchor lipstick charger in one, and then the other is like the, the $10, $15 little Anchor candy bar, sm- small candy bar size charger. And then I in, also inside there, I have a, um, a USB um, mini and a uh, USB-A cable. So one of those cables that has the top that comes off that you can use for um, either. And then I also have a very small, so a short one, I think it's a, a, a three inch cable. And then I also have a very small Aki um, power plug. So it's about the size of the original Apple iPhone charger, except the plugs fold in. And I think I've also thrown like a pair of headphones, whatever else I could either fit in that bag without adding any extra bulk. So I've got this little tiny bag that's got a battery, a cable, um, and something to plug into. And and I've got one in my purse, one in my briefcase. And if I'm going somewhere else, I can grab it either out of my purse or out of my briefcase. You probably really only need one. But um, it, wherever I go, I have a battery, a way to charge the battery, a way to charge my phone. Just I'm good to go. And I know that I can power and repower. And that has saved me so many times. And it's now kind of become a thing that people know that I have. So if I'm um, at the courthouse or if I'm at an event, um, someone will come up to me and they'll be like, hey, um, do you have that charger thingy? And I just hand them my pouch and they know. Nice. Well, I always make sure my kids have um, an anchor battery and a cable in their bags when they go to school. And apparently my, my daughter told me that's something you almost have to keep secret because no kids bring that stuff to school and everybody wants to borrow it. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you something. If I was going to pick one thing on my list that, that I, this is something I bought this year that I would recommend to any geek out there. If you're using an iMac as crazy as this sounds, you should put on your, uh, your list this year, an additional monitor. 
I, uh, this is the year that I finally um, figured out how I was going to do a second monitor. And with a 27-inch screen, you don't need a second 20-inch screen, 7-inch screen next to it. I just don't think it it works. But this whole idea of this reference monitor that I did this year, and it's a 4K Dell monitor. I'll put the link in the show notes. But, you know, it's just a – but it's – um it is a – it's a monitor that when it's sitting in its normal um, horizontal – position or portrait position it's it's kind of long and skinny you know it's made to watch movies on but then when you flip it because this monitor can be also set vertically it's tall and skinny and um i put that on an amazon basics uh, monitor stand and it sits to the right of my iMac. So when I sit on my iMac, I'm centered my chair on the 27-inch iMac screen. But then I've got this little monitor to the right that that with that stand just slides right next to it. And I call it my reference screen. And on that is my OmniFocus list and my calendar for the day. And just, you know, just things that I want to have for reference. And, you know, you use that however you want but i have found that those additional pixels are super useful and every day i'm glad i did this it looks a little weird it looks like my 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 beautiful imac has like i don't know a big ear on the on the right side but it really is useful and um if you're looking to uh, up your productivity game heading into the next year um i would strongly recommend considering you know buying one of these yeah you get them on if you get it on amazon and it doesn't work for you they have the ability to return it you know so it's not the end of the world if you don't like it but uh i didn't know when i bought it if it would work for me but almost immediately i realized the, the the utility of this i've heard from a bunch of listeners since i talked about this the first time on the show somewhere in 2018 that have also bought them some of them have sent me pictures of their new setup with their reference monitor and if you just think of it as a reference monitor not like a working monitor, but a place you just keep reference material. You get exactly what I'm talking about. And um, and I think that's a nice purchase. When Katie gets her big iMac, I'm going to try and talk her into doing it as well. You know, I already have this monitor. You you keep forgetting that I had this monitor before you had this monitor. So all I really need to do is keep the monitor that I have. Yeah, you do. And then like, so um, if you get the iMac and you want to put that on a, an arm, Amazon also makes one that has two arms, like a two for one. But I, I actually have two different arms for them. But, but set it up in a way, you know, make sure you get it where you can put it right next to your iMac screen so your eyes don't have to go far to, to see that information. So the one that I think we both have is the um, the Dell Ultra HD 4K monitor, the 24-inch. Is that right? Yeah. I think that was the wire cutter's pick. I don't know if it still is, but it was at the time that I bought it, at least. And it's got an HDMI port into it. So, like, um, I think I have to look. I think there may even be a USB-C back there. So I haven't tried plugging my new iPad into it yet. Maybe I'll do no, but you can go from – I've got a USB-C cable into mine right now, so it's just a cable that you need to go from DisplayPort to USB. It's like a $12 cable. I don't – you know, oh, you know, I could plug my iPad into it, right? Actually, I don't want to do it while we're recording, but I'll let you know. I could do it right now and tell you. Well, we'll we, we will have the answer to that. We're going to talk about the iPad very shortly in a future episode, so – we'll have answers but it, it just uh, plugging into your mac it's it's a great idea and um i don't know how it took me so long to figure this out but but for me the real the thing that pushed me over the edge was the idea of tipping it on its side so it doesn't take a bunch of space on my desk 
And um, and then, you know, where normally you think about apps on your iMac screen on the left side and the right side on this reference monitor, you think about them as top and bottom. And I published on Mac Sparky a screencast and a bunch of scripts for um, Keyboard Maestro to very easily, you know, throw Windows around or you could use Moom or any of the other great utilities out there to do it. But window management isn't a, isn't a problem. And uh, this makes me more productive. So we've got a bunch more that I want to cover, but before we do, I want to take a moment and thank our next sponsor for this episode, and that is our friends over at 1Password. You can learn more by heading over to onepassword.com slash MPU and get a discount on your next 1Password subscription. But I can do even better than that for you because 1Password has launched memberships, and uh, people have been asking ever since 1Password launched their memberships how they can give the gift of 1Password to their friends and loved ones, and there seems no better episode than this particular episode of Mac Power Users to tell you about how you can do that. Um, 1Password seems to see a lot of interest around the holidays about how to give the gift of 1Password. And you can do it now because 1Password has gift cards. So with 1Password gift cards, you can help everyone stay safe online. You can give them to others and you can even redeem them yourself. You can purchase them in amounts of $25, $50, or $125. And because 1Password knows that everyone loves to save money, they've even put the $125 gift card on sale for only $99. Uh, 1Password, because they're always on the cutting edge of everything, have made it easier than ever to pay for your 1Password gift card. You can pay with PayPal, Apple Pay, and even more. And they even accept cryptocurrencies, so... There you go. Uh, Giving the gift of 1Password is really easy. When you purchase a gift card, you'll receive an email with your gift code. You simply can either print that out and put it all in a nice package for someone or forward that email to your friend or loved one, and they can sign up for 1Password to redeem the gift card. Or if they already have a 1Password membership, they can apply it to the 1Password membership they already have. Um, You can even give these to people who you feel like maybe would, you know, benefit from some password security because remember um, everybody needs the gift of one password and it's the holidays so you can even give them to someone you don't like because that could be the start of a beautiful friendship with one password one password is the way that you can make sure that all of your information online is safe it helps you to use strong safe secure passwords across all of your various websites and services it is really the best step that you can do for yourself for your loved ones and for everybody to make sure that they have a safe experience online. And so what better way to start than with a 1Password membership? Learn more by heading over to onepasswordcom slash MPU. And thanks to our friends over at 1Password for their continued support of the show. All right, uh, something else I would recommend, and I know this is silly from a guy who has an iPad, but the Kindles have got really good and relatively inexpensive. Um, Amazon keeps improving on that. And I think... Um, if you haven't looked at a Kindle lately and you like to read, why not? I um, I bought one this year just because they had got so cheap and I just wanted to see you know how it was working again. I hadn't looked at it in a long time. And I have really come to enjoy it. Every night when I get in bed, you know, I'm always a little wired up. And I like that that Kindle doesn't have the LED screen. And I'll read some fiction on it. And there's all, you know, there's an endless supply of books to read on Amazon. Um, I've also been reading more of the, you know, um, improvement and, you know, productivity type books. And I've just decided to put those on Kindle and buy them from Amazon this year. And it's just been great. The thing takes no space in your bag if you want to go somewhere. Um, they hold up charge forever. And if you like to read books uh, and you're a nerd, this is probably something you should check out. There are a bunch of Kindles now. Which one do you start with? 
I, you know, I went crazy and got the Oasis. I read Jason Snell's review of it and it got me excited. So I bought the Oasis and I, apparently you can take it in the bathtub with you. I've never actually done that. So I don't know if it works or not, but the, um, but the, uh, I just like the design of it, but the, the paper white, they just came out with the new paper white. I believe if I was going to do it over again, I think I'd probably buy that one. It's a little cheaper and I think it looks like it's just as good. Yeah. The paper white is also now waterproof. So you could apparently maybe take that one in the bathtub too. I have never, um, I've bought Kindles for people before, but I've never had one myself. Do you read, I mean, do you read many books? Do I read? Um, well, I know you read a lot for your work, but I mean, like, do you like read a fiction book or like, I, I don't know if you read many books. I don't read a lot of fiction. I read more nonfiction, honestly. Um, I try to read at least a book a month, which I know is not a lot, but I think it's more than. That's plenty. That's enough. That's enough to justify a Kindle. Honestly, I mean, that's that's my personal goal. Is I try to read at least one book a month. Yeah, I uh, and I have friends that are really into the analog experience of buying the book. And I had a friend that was telling me that you know he loves he gets he gets like the fancy pencil and he likes to write in the margins and all that. I you know for me, I just want it simple. I mean, I grew up when we had to carry all those books. I don't want to do that anymore. And the Kindle solves the problem for me. And I, I do I do highlight them take notes in them. It's very easy with the Kindle. I will tell you, I use the Kindle app on my iPad. I do buy books through the Kindle ecosystem. So it would not be hard for me to switch over to reading on a Kindle. I just don't like the idea of having to carry yet another device. Um, it It is getting a little bit harder, I will tell you, because the iPads are getting heavier. But I do read in the Kindle app on my on my iPad. And I do like the um, the Whisper Sync when you can get it with a with a Kindle book and an audio book, because sometimes I'll go back and forth between like, I'll, I'll read a chapter at night, and then I'll pick it up in the car the next morning. Yeah, and that's nice. It's usually when you buy the book from Amazon, they'll say for another six dollars or something, you can get the audio book too. Um, the uh, but w- where do you read, Katie? I mean, do you read everywhere, or do you just, like? I primarily read in bed. That's what mo- mainly where I read is I'll I'll read in bed before I go to bed. So get yourself a little Kindle and just put it next to the bedside table. But that's exactly where my iPad sits. Well, stick it in the drawer. I mean, you charge the thing once a month. I mean. <laughs> You know, but the uh, but it, it, at night it's really nice. It's super light. You can read it in bed, and, and I do think, I you know I'm not, yeah you know, I'm not super into the you know blue light versus the you know yellow light and at night. But I do think reading those um those Kindle screens before you go to bed does not get you as wired up as an LED screen does. So um, I don't know how much um, um, time we have. I'm gonna try to pick some some of my I've still got a lot of stuff left in my my list. Can I can I pick another weird kind of cooking related one? Sure. I have no idea if this works, but Oprah says it does. <laughs> okay, so, well, if Oprah says it does, it does. <laughs> so does I mean, that does that count? That's um, gospel, man, right there. I, I've been looking at something like this for a while and then I was on I I've, I've been spending a lot of time on the Amazon website lately, I must say. And you know, Amazon comes out with their like Oprah's favorite things list. And so I'm like, oh, let's see what Oprah has to say. And then Oprah picked one as as her pick. And I'm like, well, if it's good enough for Oprah, you know, good enough for me. Um, do you remember the George Foreman grills? I, I think everybody had one at some point in the in the 90s and the early 2000s. I still have my George Foreman grill. And it's fine. But it's it's just it's one of those things where it's still kind of a mess. And I, I pull it out occasionally to, you know, make a burger or to grill up some sausage or something like that. But it's not 
great because it's it's still kind of messy despite the fact that the grills are removable. It's not as easy to clean as it says it is. Let me just say that, you know, nothing nothing really ever is. And, you know, there's it kind of sometimes will, depending on what you're cooking, smell up the kitchen. And then, you know, anyway, I have it and I use it, but not my, I like it, but it's not my, I, I'm looking for something better. And a lot of times, you know, many times I'm just cooking for one or maybe I'll have someone over and we'll, we'll cook for two, but I'm not cooking for a big family. I'll want to grill a burger or I'll want to grill a steak, but it's not enough for me to go fire up the grill, turn on the gas. I've got a really nice grilling setup out on the back patio, but it's really hard to justify grilling for just one or two. And so there is a smokeless indoor grill that Oprah says works. So I don't know if it does. I haven't bought it yet. No, no, it, it does. Cause do you Oprah have one? Said, no. Do you have Oprah's, one? No, I'm just saying if Oprah says it works, it works. I don't think you can question that. Um, I mean, the, I've seen some of these um, and I've seen some that are a lot less expensive. This one is made by Philips. So it's probably like the, the original and the name brand. Um, but um, so this is this is 300 bucks. You can get it on Amazon for, you know, like 280 and it made Oprah's favorite things of, of 2018 list, but uh, it's it's a lot bigger than a George Foreman, but it's still countertop size, and you could you know you could stick it somewhere and and find a place probably in your in your kitchen to put it. But I think it's a fun thing that if you you know want to grill occasionally, but are grilling for a smaller group and don't necessarily want to fire up the grill and everything that, that involves, I would be interested to try it. I, I would really like someone else that I know to buy one so that I could see if it worked. Would you buy one and let me know? <laughs> How that works. No. But I'm sure there's someone out there that probably already has one. So just let Katie know. Yeah, know? let me know if it works. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, the, uh, I've got one that is, uh, I got this idea from Jason Snell. He did a post earlier this year on the Viozen iPad stand, which is looks like a monitor arm for an iMac, but it's got um, this grippy section that you can attach an iPad to. So I've had this for a while now and it's a, um, and it works fine with the brand new iPad, by the way, it's just, so it's got a tension thing where you it's, it's spring loaded. So you just load it in there and it, it pivots. So you can have your iPad in portrait or landscape. I really like to put it in portrait mode. So then it's sitting up like an iMac monitor in front of you on like something like an iMac stand. And that's the pick is the stand. But then I combine it with a, a very old, um, Logitech K something keyboard. You know how Logitech makes these keyboards that have multiple Bluetooth radios in them. Like the K811? Yeah, but the one I have is like six something because I've had it for easily five years. Um, and I just keep it downstairs because it's paired to the Apple TV and it's paired to my phone and it's paired to my my new um, iPad. And I've got the stand downstairs as well. And I just set it up on the kitchen table like sometimes when the weather's hot and it gets hot upstairs in the office, I'll go downstairs and just stick my iPad in that little stand. And then for some reason, I like switching it to portrait and then writing in it. So it's like it's like the writing in a um, you know in a vertical monitor setup, and it's just a really nice setup when you put it with a good keyboard. And um, I like it. I use it all the time, and it's not super expensive either. So. Um, the, the, the company is called Viozan. I think when Jason first mentioned it on his website, they were like sold out for like a month because everybody said, Hey, that's a great idea. Uh, but now you can get them again. And if you've got an iPad or if you've got an iPad person in your life, especially if you're using like the big iPad, uh, this is nice, but they've got different, like, um, when you buy, you can also put the smaller iPad in it too. They've got, uh, equipment in there to set it up with the big one or the small one. All right. We're running a little long. Do you want to say one more pick each? 
Uh, actually, I think I need two. Oh. I'll do. I'll make them fast. All right. Well, I'll I'll do one. My my next pick is I've never had one before because I don't think that they were really any good before, and maybe they are now. The wire cutter says they are. I would like a digital photo frame, and um, I think the technology has gotten to a point where um, they can be better. But, you know, I now have little people in my life and I have so many photos that I want to see and not enough frames for all of these photos to see all these these photos everywhere. And so my problem is I've got all of these great photos and I want to see them more and I want to be able to put them on my desk or, um, you know, put them on my um on my mantle or wherever, but um, you, you can only put so many photos and then what do you do? Do you rotate them out? And so I think a, a digital photo frame might fix that problem. And I know that there are workarounds you can do. I mean, I've got my, my pictures as a screensaver, or you can get pictures on your Apple TV, but you know, sometimes you don't want to do that because maybe your computer is in a place where, you know, clients or other people public can see it. But, um, you know, a photo stand is something that I can, you know, put on my desk and have facing me and, you know, just, just have the pictures that I want to see. And I think they're better now. I have not used one yet. So I'm going to um, defer to the wire cutter and I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the wire cutters pick for best digital photo frames. But uh, it seems like this is a, um, seems like this is a place where the technology has gotten a lot better. And if you don't mind spending some money, you can, you seems like you get a fairly good one for some, you know, uh, you know, hundred bucks or less. But it seems like if you're willing to spend 150 to 200 bucks, you can get some that will connect with cloud services and Wi-Fi, which are great for um, maybe less tech-savvy relatives. So then you can update the photos for them from afar. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? No, I don't. I, not wouldn't it be great? I think it can be great. I think you can do that. Yeah, I mean, like if you have a grandma in your life who doesn't necessarily understand technology, but likes to see grandchildren pictures, and you could just be updating that from 3,000 miles away. Yeah, assuming grandma has Wi-Fi. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes to uh, the Wirecutters article and uh, you can take a look at them because they've come a long way since the last time I looked at them. Okay. Um, I've got my last couple of picks. I'm going off technology for just a couple. Um, the couple things happened this year. My daughter moved out into LA and so I'm I'm the dad, right? I wanted her to have a good whistle. You know, I feel like she should have a whistle on her keychain. And um, there's a lot of whistles out there. There's a very funny family story about how how Disneyland one time forbid me because I always carry a whistle in my bag every day. It's um, a fireman client of mine told me, hey, you know, when there's an earthquake, the people that we save are the ones that have whistles, you know, because we can hear them. So I, that was good advice. So I but but Disneyland didn't want me bringing a whistle in the park. It's a long story. But so I wanted something that was kind of subtle, but is actually a whistle. And um, on Amazon, there's this thing called the Bin Bowley stainless steel, high decibel outdoor whistle. And um, so I bought these things. They're flat. They don't look like a traditional whistle. So, and they take up less space than a traditional whistle. So um, I bought a, a bunch of them. I gave them to my wife and all my kids and I got one on my, my thing as well. And one day while I was home, I just thought, yeah, I've never really tested this whistle. I don't know how loud it is. So I just gave it a good blow and my ears were ringing for like hours. <laughs> it is a good whistle. So um, if you've got family that you wear like earplugs before yeah, you yeah, blow I, whistle. I, I probably should have tried it out softer or in something bigger than a 10 by 10 room. But, you know, live and learn. Uh, but I, it's, it's a goofy present. But like if you want to stuff stockings or just, you know, be the safe dad or mom. 
um, these whistles, uh, they're totally worth it. And, um, and like I said, because they're smaller, uh, I think it's more likely that someone would keep it on their keychain. Um, so that was, that's the first pick. And the other one, because I'm from California, I haven't made any California picks. Um, I bought, uh, this year for myself and my kids, um, bamboo cutlery, you know, and you always go out and I know this is California. So just roll your eyes if you want, but you go out to these restaurants and they have all this plastic silverware they give you. And, and then you, um, and then that gets thrown in the trash and then they got to deal with it. And I thought, well, here's something easy I can do. Um, and I've never really liked those things anyway, the, the spoons for whatever, they don't fit my mouth. Right. And so I, I bought these, uh, sets of bamboo cutlery that you can just throw in your bag. It's a knife, fork, spoon and chopsticks, and you can wash them yourself uh, and they fit in your bag. And so when we go out now and there's plastic stuff, I've always got my own cutlery in my bag that I use. And I know I'm, it makes me that guy, but it's, it's kind of cool. And, uh, my kids were so impressed with me doing this that they ended up getting some too. And, um, it's kind of a nice gift. I don't know. And they're, it's not very expensive. Are you, are you rolling your eyes right now over in Florida? No. Okay, good. It's just, yes, you are. You are, you are. No, I'm not rolling my eyes. It's a, I just, I don't think that I've used plastic. I mean, I guess, yeah, maybe in to go. I, d- I don't eat out, I guess, all that often, though. So it's not a problem that I have all that. Well, what really what really sent it home for me was we were um, at Disneyland. Okay, Disney. Of- I guess I could see where at a place like Disney you'd get you'd get plastic coloring. Yeah. Well, a, a couple times a year they have like a food and wine festival, and they've got all these little carts, and it's like tapas, you know. But it's you know all this different food, and so you go, and for a couple bucks you get like a tiny you know, burrito or bowl of soup or whatever. And every time you go, they give you another fork, another spoon. And then I was thinking, well, I'll just carry around the same fork and spoon. But, you know, it just got me kind of aware of how often I was using disposable cutlery. And I'm like, you know, for $10, I could solve this problem for the rest of my life. And the stuff that I carry around is way better than that cheap stuff they give you anyway. So it's a quality uh, improvement lets you feel a little bit better about the planet as well. Um, before we go, uh, we always like to, at the end, uh, talk about a couple uh, charitable things you can do. Uh, uh, a couple that occur to us always is St. Jude. And uh, St. Jude is so precious to Katie and I because they help out Stephen Hackett's family so much. You know, his son had cancer. They've literally given him millions of dollars of health care. And um, they just take care of sick kids. And that's all they do. They don't care whether the parents have any money or not. They take care of sick kids. I mean, who couldn't support something like that? I am I am a giver for life to St. Jude. And um, I think Katie probably is too. Um, the Another one that we like is App Camp for Girls because it was founded by our awesome friend, Jean McDonald, and they do a great thing. Daisy and I helped run an app camp for girls in Orange County a few years ago, and I've seen firsthand how much it changes these girls. Not just about programming, but makes them so much more confident. I mean, Jean teaches them how to give a presentation and how to brainstorm ideas and how to work as a team. I think it's just a great thing. And the one I would add this year to the to the usual list is take a look. Um, I feel like in 2018, we had a lot of natural disasters. It seems like it was just a really rough year. I mean, whether it's fires in California or hurricanes in the in the South and the Gulf Coast, um, there's just been a lot of people that had a lot of pain this year. And it's really easy when those things happen to give money to the Red Cross immediately and try and help what you can. 
but there's also a lot of people that six months later still don't have a house and have are still suffering. And I don't have a specific charity to recommend, but I bet if you're listening to the show, you're smart enough to go find some that you can help somebody out this Christmas or um, this ho- you know winter holiday, whatever ce- holiday you celebrate, um, and lend a little hand because I think there's a lot of people out there that that really need it this year. Well, that's going to wrap up another edition of our Geek Gift Guide, the 2018 edition. I do want to thank our sponsors for this episode, SaneBox, Luna, Smile, and 1Password. And if you have particular gifts that you would like to receive or would like to give this year, or you think of something that you think maybe should have made our gift guide but did not, the best way to to share that information with us is to connect with us uh, through our forums over at talk.macpowerusers.com. You'll find a thread specifically related to this episode and to all of the episodes. Uh, So we'll continue this discussion with you there and we'll see you all next time.